Yeah, amen. You're here so you are good. Because David said, and we say it, it's almost like a broken record in church. It, I, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So if you're here, it's good. If you're online, it's good too. <laughs> Don't want anybody feeling bad, but we would prefer you here. We would prefer to see your beautiful faces and your handsome faces. And anyways, God is good. We're continuing on our series in the refiner's fire, more precious than gold. And tonight we are looking at a cry for hope in the fire. And we are going to look at Psalm 42 as we um, take, take this thought, a cry for hope from the for a cry for hope from the fire, and we're going to consider Psalm 42 maybe more as a reflective uh, tonight, because here's the thing, we're in the fire, but there's hope in the fire. There's always hope in the fire, and Psalm 42, I don't know, all my life I thought it was David who wrote it, and I personally still feel it's David who wrote it, but in some people's Bibles, and mine being one of them, it says to the choir master, a masculine of the sons of Korah. And so some people suggest that the sons of Korah are the writers of it. I don't know. It's written in the first person. And so sometimes I, I tend to notice that the writing is somewhat very similar to the way David would write. And so I lean with those that think those theological people, I'm not a theological person, but those theological people who spend time studying and digressing the genres and everything, I tend to lean with those that think it is David who wrote this. But if I'm wrong, I know one thing is right. The Holy Spirit inspired it, and so we're going to go with that, right? Amen. <laughs> So can I read it to you from the message? And we're going to actually look at it as we break it through a little bit from the um, English Standard Version. That's what's going to come up there. But listen to how uh, Eugene Peterson wrote it in the message uh, translation. It says this, a white-tailed deer drinks from the creek. I want to drink God, deep drafts of God. I'm thirsty for God alive. I wonder, will I ever make it arrive in drinking God's presence? I'm on a diet of tears, tears for breakfast, tears for supper all day long. People knock at my door pestering, where's your God? Where is this God of yours? These are the things I go over and over emptying out the pockets of my life. I was always at the head of the worship crowd, right out in front, leading them all, eager to arrive and worship, shouting praises, singing thanksgiving, celebrating all of us, God's feast. Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon I will be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. When my soul is in the dumps, 
I rehearse everything I know of you, from Jordan depths to Hermon Heights, including Mount Mizar. Chaos calls the chaos to the tune of whitewater rapids. Your breaking surf, your thundering breakers crash and crush me. Then God promises to love me all day. Sing songs all through the night. My life is God's prayer. Sometimes I ask God, my rock-solid God, why did you let me down? Why am I walking around in tears, harassed by enemies? They're out for the kill, these tormentors, with their obscenities, taunting day after day. Where is this God of yours? Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon I will be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He is my God. I read it to you in that, in that version only because it just maybe brings it to the way some people would talk today. And in, in this psalm, the psalmist is talking to himself. He's encouraging himself. The first time I made note of this psalm, and, and the reality of it, actually, if the, this might sound humorous to you, I was vacuuming the house, and um, I was just a teenager, and this Italian hymn kept coming to my mind. Sister Bruna, you might remember it. O alma mia, perché tabati. And I kept singing it over and over. And so then all of a sudden, while I was vacuuming and singing this song, I just began to cry. And began to cry, and I thought, what am I singing? I, like, I'm crying. I, and it was, it was real tears, right? And so, um, anyways, I, I went to work with a friend that night. She had a cleaning business, and, and so I was helping her, Asunta. And I says, what are the lyrics to this song? What is it saying? And she goes, I don't know, you know. And, and, and she she you know, broke out a few, a few phrases and explained to me what she thought it was saying, and, and it didn't satisfy. I went home, and I says, Dad, what is this song saying? And he says, well, it's from the song of David when he says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Look to the Lord. You will sing again. And then I realized I realized that here I, I was singing this song and I was singing to myself and, and, and within myself I was responding to the song. But tonight, this is what we want to look at. David or the psalmist, if I exchange David for the psalmist, just know I'm, I'm talking about the person who wrote it. Okay, David or the psalmist, he is, he is likening himself to this deer. He is in a deep place. And he says in verses 1 to 3, As a deer pants for flowing stream, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all day long, where is your God? A very vivid picture 
of a deer looking for water, of a deer looking for a place that he could be refreshed. And it's a, it's a powerful picture because it, it lets us know that he is longing for God to the, po- to the point of feeling parched. Have you ever longed for the presence of the Lord that you actually felt the dryness of your soul? You see, sometimes we don't realize the dryness of our soul. And here he is painting for us a picture. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul is longing for you. You see, we could wake up for church on a Sunday morning and we say, Well, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't really feel like going. And we go with the flesh. But maybe our soul is longing longing and thirsting for God and we're not in tune to the feeling of that dry panting and David is saying oh as the deer pants for the water brook so my soul longs for you he was in touch with the dryness of his soul that he was in touch with the longing of his heart my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. He wasn't hungering for riches. He wasn't hungering after fame. He wasn't hungering after the things of the world. He was hungering for the very presence of God. The very presence of God, the reality of who he was. Our our body, we've heard Pastor Dino illustrate it many a times. How we could live without food for a period of time, but we can't live without water. Anywhere between 72 and... and, um, 72 and another 24, we can go maybe for... And an exaggerated five days, but we will soon begin to feel the effects as our body begins to slowly shut down, not having that water. But the psalmist wanted God and God alone, nothing else matter, and this equated to him as a thirst. As a thirst. I wonder tonight if there was within you a thirsting to come to the house of the Lord. A thirsting, I just want to go to church and pray. I just want to go to church and just spend some time with God. Have you ever had such of a week where it's been so crazy that you looked forward to getting alone with God in your quiet place? And that's where David is at. He's at that place where he is hungering and thirsting for God. And he's knowing, he knows that God could intervene in any circumstance. He could trust God to be there in any moment. But he wasn't looking for the church just for the good song, just for the good worship, just for the fellowship. He was looking for the encountering of God. 
You see, I come to church and I look forward to the people that I'm going to see. That's good. He does talk of that later on. I look forward to the songs we're going to sing. Oh, I wonder if they'll sing that one song. Oh, I really liked that song. But David was looking forward that when he would go to the place of God, he, to the tabernacle to celebrate the feast of God, to worship God, he was looking forward to the very presence of God. And I wonder, are we coming to church on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, or at any time that we find ourselves in the house of the Lord? Longing for the presence, anticipating that as I come to church, I am going to encounter God that day. You see, if we come with the anticipation of meeting with God, if we come with the understanding that our soul is thirsting after God, then we will come and we will encounter God. I don't, I don't believe in these people that go, oh, my gosh, it was so dry there today. It just, eh, it just didn't have any, mm, you know, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you know what I mean? Well, maybe you were lacking the oomph. Maybe, you, if, maybe if you had, a, you know, got a little bit of oomph in you, maybe others would have gotten some oomph from you. No, it, it, it happens, you know. Like it, if you've done youth ministry long enough, I did youth ministry years enough to know that you, they quickly complain, oh, we sang that song last week and they're not into it again the second week, right? And, oh, and, and every, they're, they're always looking for something fresh, something exciting. And so sometimes we would have to say to them, well, you have to be excited, you have to want to, to add to the, to the zest of the night. It's understood uh, that he was thirsting after God. He was thirsting after God. His soul was thirsting after God. And I think of the song, um, Fill My Cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and what? quench this thirsting of my soul bread of heaven feed me till i want no more fill my cup fill it up and make me whole if we came to the presence of God, be it in church, be it in our home, be it in our car, and we started with fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up. Come and quench the thirsting of my soul. You see, there are things that I do not realize and know on a day-to-day -day basis of what my soul is yearning for. But the Spirit of God who knows me so intimately knows what my soul needs. And that's why that day when I was vacuuming and singing the song and not fully understanding the lyrics of the song, I began to weep because my soul was being ministered to. Because my soul was longing for God. My soul was hungering after God. And so here is David, come and quench, come and, and fill me. As a deer pants for the flowing stream, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear before my God? 
It's God alone who breathes into us life. It's God alone who gives us life to live and breathes into us to make us a living being. So when David says, when shall I come and appear before God? He is, he is desperate to be in God's presence. Because in those days, they would go to the tabernacle, right? And what, what was in the presence of God? It was the Ark of the Covenant. They would go to it. And David is longing for that place. And it's not just the, as we would see it, oh Lord, I'm longing to be in your presence, as in when one would go to heaven. That is not the reflective. It's that presence of of acknowledging and worshiping God. He sought God with his face looking towards him. God, when will I be able to come before you? My tears have been my food day and night. In another words, he is so hungry. What has fed him? His longing for God. His soul has been so hungry. It's the tears that have fed him. Have you ever been in that desperate place where your tears have been your food? Have you ever been in that place before the presence of God where you just cried and cried and cried? And David was in the, my tears have been my food day and night. They could be understood in two ways. I wrote it down like this. They either demonstrate the grief that made him long for the relief of God, or they demonstrated the sorrow of his soul. Either the grief of longing God or the sorrow of the perceived distance of how, God, how far God seemed to be from him. Either was the case, he was in a deep, deep place of grief. And we have been in places of grief. And when we consider that refiner's fire, what usually is accompanied with the fire and the heat of our trials and the heat of the circumstances of our life is also paralleled grief, is also paralleled sadness and sorrow. And so here he is. He's allowing us to see that these tears have represented how deep his unhappiness is, how deep his grief is. He's being vulnerable before us. My tears have been my food. I am letting you know that I've done nothing but cry. My yearning and, 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 and my satisfaction has only been to cry out. I've been so overwhelmed in this happiness, in this unhappiness, that I'm quenching and I'm in, in quest for the deep waters of God. I'm a deer panting after the water brook. Both day and night, these tears have been my food. He's lost his appetite. Have you been in a place of grief that you have had no appetite to eat? Have you ever been, I just don't feel like eating. Just have something, I just don't want anything. Just the thought of eating right now is too much for me. David is letting us know there is that despairing grief that could bring you into a place that nothing but tears is what is that watering pool before God. 
oh God, this place is too deep for me. This grief is too deep for me. God, only you can satisfy me. God, only you can lift me from this place. And then he says this, my enemies, my tears have been my food both day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? There are some things that we could remember about the deer. When the deer goes to get water at the brook, it is going to be at, dip, at specific times. When there's been intense heat, that makes sense because we're talking about the refiner's fire. So if a deer's in intense heat in a climate where it's very hot, he's going to search for water. A deer will also search for water because he just ate or she just ate. And so they will search for water so that that water could replenish them in the food that they eat. The other time that a deer will search for water is when a deer is going to bed down. Just before bedding down, the deer will go and search for water to drink. And so what do hunters do? If you're going to be a hunter, you are going to look for a body of water. So if you're out specifically hunting for deer, you are going to look for hunt for water. A smart hunter will look for water because he knows that at its specific times of the day, the deer will come to gather there. So if it's at nighttime or if it's the early part of the morning, he knows that he could find that the deer will come to that place. And that is exactly what the enemy does for us. In our times of thirst, in our times when our soul is in its most vulnerable place, the enemy is lurking. Where's your God? Where's your God? Where's your God now? What is your God doing for you now? Because you're in this deprived place. You're in the scorching of the heat. You're in search for the water. And instead, what, what does the enemy do? Where's your God now? What are you doing? And the enemy is there ready to fire his, his gun at you, his bow at you, to knock you as you go to drink from the water. Why? Because he knows you're going to be there at that specific time. He knows that the temperature is so intense that you are going to look for the water. So a smart hunter will make sure that he finds himself in the bushes that is near water. Be on watch for your soul. Be on watch that you are daily nourishing yourself with the word of God. Be on watch that you are daily bringing yourself into the presence of God, talking to him throughout the day in whatever matters that you are doing so that the enemy who is watching you cannot predict, ah, it's bedding down time. She's going to go and she's going to drink. Oh, it's been getting, all oh, the pressure's getting a little heavy on her now. She's going to go and she's going to drink. Don't let the enemy say, where's your God now? Where's your God now? Where, where is he at now? Don't let the enemy predict you by having a pattern, but be in constant fellowship with the Lord. 
That it's not only in times of trials and grief that you're going to go towards God. That it's not only in times of, oh, I haven't been in church in a few weeks and so, uh, you know, I'm going to put on some worship music. Be intentional every day throughout the day that you are seeking God. That you are filling yourself so that the enemy cannot make you predictable. She's going to go. She's going to go to drink. So that he's not there lurking in the bulrushes, looking to send forth his bull. They continually say to me, where's your God? Making the problem even worse. The deer will search for the water, but my soul is longing for God. But what does the psalmist do? He says in verse 4, these things I remember. Have you ever reminded yourself, and I've practiced to put myself in this habit, whenever I'm in a situation, I remind myself of how God got me through a similar situation before. Well, Lord, you brought me through this before, and so you're going to do it again. Lord, you brought me through this before. Lord, I faced this face before. I faced this individual before. They just had a different name. Lord, I faced this problem before. It was just in a different place. As you were with me then, you will be with me now. And this is what David says in verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go, to the th- go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. You see, when we're in the heat of the crucible, when we're in the heat of the fire, does it make you remember the good old days? When God saved you from a situation, when God preserved your life in a a circumstance, when you were in, when, when you're in the heat of sickness, do you remember the days that you were in health? Oh, I remember when when you're, oh, when, you're, when you're in financial hardships, do you remember the days when the Lord provided for you? When, you, when you're having the, the, the trials of, of feeling as though God is just too far, he's just not answering, it seems as though he's not hearing even my prayers, I'm praying, but it just seems as though the answers are not coming. Do you remind yourself of the times when God did answer? And he did respond to you. David, this is what he felt. He felt the distance from God. Psalm 42, verse 2. He felt the distance from God's house. Verse 6. He felt the mocking of the unbelievers. He's in the heat of the fire and he felt the mocking of the unbelievers in 42, verse 3. And then later on in verse 10, he felt the memories of better days as we just read. I remember when I was the first one at the church before they even unlocked the door. I was waiting in the parking lot to go in to worship my God. David remembered 
when the overwhelming trials of life would consume him of verse 7 deep calls to deep at the war of your waterfalls all your breakers and your waves have gone over me david is recalling all of these things while he is in essence he's saying you know what i'm going to speak to myself i'm going to speak to myself I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to stir myself up in the Lord. I'm going to remind myself of the good times in, in the Lord. You see, what happens to us is whenever we're in rough circumstances, then we'll look to the old times and we'll go, remember the good old days when we used to all get together? When we're missing family, remember when we used to all get together? My son was looking at some pictures of when he was a little boy and the aunts and uncles were around he goes you know we don't seem to get together with all the the aunts and uncles and well some of them have passed on you know they're older but we remember the good old days and so what did david do he stirred himself in the lord it's as if he's saying why are you cast down oh my soul and in other words self what's your problem what's your problem why why are you so cast down remember the days you went to church early remember the days when you were telling everybody how great the service was remember the days when you read your your scriptures and you told your friends at work oh today i was reading my bible and let me tell you about this work this this verse that i read and david is saying why are you cast down why are you in turmoil within me remember hope in god for i will praise him again david saying look through the fire look past the fire look and see the eyes on the other side of the fire that are watching you do you see those eyes i i do i do i do those are the eyes of the father those are the eyes of the lord who's watching over you in this fire he's watching the heat of the fire he's watching the size of the flame keep your eyes on him why are you downcast why why are you so discouraged look to the lord hoping god he's brought you through the fire in the past and it's not any different now he'll bring you through the fire now because he brought you through it in the past that's where it at when we're in the refiner's fire when we're in god's fire and we're feeling discouraged and we see ourselves going on that downward spiral spiral and discouragement has set in and now despair is settling in we need to pause we need to pause and we have to think of David and we have to say, Melody, why? Why, Melody? Why are you downcast? Why are you so discouraged? As David says, why are you disquieted within me? Look to the Lord, okay? You're going to sing again. You're going to sing again. Ask yourself, why are you cast down? Why are you discouraged? David was challenging his own soul. He had valid reasons for being discouraged, but he was challenging himself. Don't stay there. 
It might be true you're going through. It might be true the enemy's on, uh, on a prey for you. But David, don't stay there. Don't remain in that discouraged place. Set your heart with a right perspective. When your heart has the right perspective, it will lead your mind. You know, often our mind is what overpowers our emotions. What we think in our heart, in our mind is what overtakes our emotions. But if we set our heart with the right perspective, our heart will lead our mind. This I know. This I know. Hope in God for I will praise him again. This I know. That is the perspective. I'm going to preach it to myself. Look in the mirror. I'm going to get ready in the morning and I'm going to tell myself the fire that I'm going to face today, the Lord is going to bring me on the other side of it. I'm not going to be consumed by it. I'm not going to be burned by it. My hope is in the Lord. My hope is in the Lord. Look to the refiner. Fix your eyes on him. What did the Arianic blessing say in Numbers chapter 6? It says this. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You know when, it, when, when it's saying the Lord lift up his countenance upon you? Does that trouble anybody? Because it troubled me. How does the Lord lift up his countenance upon me? It should be me lifting my countenance up, upon, up to the Lord. But I heard a, a minister give an illustration one time several years ago, and, and he just brought the reality of it all. It's like the father when the child comes to greet him. Daddy, Abba, the Hebrew child, and he would go running to the father, and the father would lift him up, and he would say, the Lord bless you. The Hebrew father, he would, he would say the blessing to his son. And as the father would lift his son up to bless his son and to shower his son with his, with his face, he would look up to the son. And so then I was like, wow, that is my heavenly father picking me up and saying, the Lord bless you. I bless you. And he's lifting his countenance towards me because he is giving me his blessing. And so I think to myself of David when he is looking to the Lord and he says, look to the Lord, hope in the Lord for I will praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you. And here he goes on to remembering him and he, and he paints for us how far of a distance he is from Jordan. But the countenance, the lifting of the countenance, the looking for the countenance of God, looking for him, your salvation when you're in the midst of the fire. Look through the fire to the Lord of your salvation. Look through the fire at the countenance of God who's radiant before you. You see, when we see the sun through the fire, everything casts itself as a shadow. Isn't that true when you're outside on a sunny day and you look and you see the sun, you see everything else as a shadow? 
Did not Jeremiah have some similar feelings in Lamentations? Has anybody read Lamentations lately? It's a book full of laments. It's a book full of laments. Wah, wah, wah. Lamentations 3, look at it, verse 21 to 27. But this I call to mind, and therefore what? I have hope. David, hope in God. I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke of his youth, for the Lord will not cast off forever. Jump down to verse 32. But though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. I called on your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. What did David do? Deep calls to deep. Verse 56, jump down in that Lamentations 3. You heard my plea. Do not close your ear to my cry for help. You came near when I called on you and you said, do not fear. Do not fear. You have taken up my cause, O Lord. You have redeemed my life. Despair will cause us to lose hope. Despair is going to cause us to believe that God, he's, he's not going to break through. But God's loving kindness is never ceasing. Verse 21 started with the word but, which negates everything that was said before it. And you could read all the laments that he had before that in chapter 3. But erases all of that and he says, therefore I will have hope. What is he having hope in? Therefore I call this to mind. I call this to mind. What is he calling to mind? The steadfast love of the Lord. I call to, the, to my mind his mercies. I call to my mind his faithfulness, his salvation, his compassion, his abundance in love. I call to my mind that his ear is there at the sound of my cry, I called to my mind the remembrance that he has redeemed my life. And this gives me hope. This gives me hope. You could take Lamentations 3 and you could intermarry it with Psalm 42. And you could see that the two of them are saying the very same thing. Our hope is in the Lord. What did Paul say it? How did he say it? Romans 5, verses 2 to 5. We rejoice in hope of glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing what? That suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, who gives us our hope. 
It's the Lord who gives us our hope. How do we get our hope? When we keep our eyes fixed on him, when we're in the fire and we keep our eyes fixed on him because we're going to endure it. And as we are enduring it, our character is becoming more and more like him. And as we are longer in that fire, we are reflecting more and more the reflection of Christ in us. When we are in despair, we can hope. Deep calls on to deep. When the currents of life come along to drag us away, when the, when the circumstances that we're facing, when the rage of the fire gets increasingly hot, we can have hope. We can have hope. We can remember what? That he, that, remember last um, couple weeks ago, I, I shared with you the word hupumeno? And it's, it's coming under, it's, it's coming under. And so what does, um, uh, to, to abide under, what does Psalm 91 say? He who dwells under the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadows of the Almighty. Hupumeno, when we come under, when we abide under, the shelter, when we abide under the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the Almighty, He carries us. He carries us. We don't throw in the towel. We don't walk away. But we abide under the shelter of the Most High. We allow ourselves to be hidden in Him. In the heat of your fire... When everything is raging in and the fire is absolutely at its hottest, you can be hidden in him. Because Daniel 3 reminds us of the three men that were put into the fiery furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar looks in and, and he commands that the furnace be heated up seven times more. As if your trials that you are facing are not difficult enough. Put a little bit more pressure on. Make it just a little bit more difficult. I want to prove that I'm God in their life. I want to prove that I will lift them out of this trial. I want to prove that me and me alone will be the one that will see them through. And when Nebuchadnezzar looked in, there's Shadrach, there's Meshach and Abednego, and it seems as though there is someone else. And he turns to the men and he says, how many did we put in there? And they says, oh, just three, Nebuchadnezzar, just three. He says, but it seems to me as though there is one that has the appearance like the Son of God. Yes, because when the circumstance of the crucible is in the fire and when the temperature gets to its most extreme place, as high as it can be, there will be the reflection as though there is one there that is like the most high. Because why? When we are in the fire, we are being shaped and molded into the image of the Lord. And so we could see the example of, of Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and know this. We will come through the fire, and we won't even smell like smoke. We won't even smell like smoke. Nobody will look on us and say, I'm sorry, sister, you got a bit of ashes on you. 
nobody will know because the reflection on us will be the reflection of the Lord. You're coming through this fire. You're coming through this fire and you're coming through more precious than gold. More precious than gold. That's the promise of God. There was a girl that was on American Idol and I, I, her name was um, Nightbird, and anybody who has seen her story would know it. And I just want to end with a song because her family launched um, some sort of, I don't know if it's a CD, but anyways, uh, of her singing this song that was put out by a, a group called Maverick City, and it says, The Story I'll Tell. And this is your story that you will tell when you come through your fire. And it says this, The hour is dark, and it's hard to see what you are doing here in the ruins and where this will lead. Oh, but I know that down through the years, I'll look on this moment and see your hand on it and know you were here. And I'll testify of the battles you've won, how you were my portion when there wasn't enough. And I'll testify of the seas that were crossed, the waters you parted, the waves that I've walked singing, oh my God, did not fail. Yeah, it's the story I'll tell, singing, oh, I know it is well. It's the story I'll tell. Believing gets hard when options are few. When I can't see what you're doing, I know that you're proving you're the God who comes through. Oh, but I know that over the years, I'll look back on this moment and see your hand on it and know you were here. You were here. And I'll testify of the battles you won. Yeah, how you were my portion when there wasn't enough. Oh, I'll testify of the seas that we've crossed. Yes, the waters you've parted and the waves that I walk singing. Oh, my God, you did not fail. That's the story I'll tell. You did not fail. I know it's well. It's the story I'll tell. And all that is left is highest praise. Yeah, so sing hallelujah to the rock of ages. Come on, sing. It's all that is left. All that is left is the highest praise. So sing it, sing it. Sing hallelujah to the rock, to the rock of ages. All that is left is the highest praise. Sing hallelujah. And I'll testify of the battles you've won how you were my portion, yeah, when there wasn't enough. Provider, I'll sing of the song of the seas that we crossed, yeah, the waters you've parted and the waves that I've walked. This is the story I'll tell. And David ends the psalm, and he, and, he, and he says, deep cries to deep of the roar of the waterfalls. And then he says, by day, in verse 8, by day the Lord commanded his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go on mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And as with a deadly wound in my bow, my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? And here he goes. And this is how he ends, so that we know that in every fire, in every trial, it doesn't matter if we're lamenting to God, this is how we should always end it. Why are you downcast? Why? Why are you downcast? 
Why are you in turmoil within me, hoping God? For I will praise him. This is a story that you're going to tell. You will sing of the praises of your God. You will sing of the praises of your God. And on the other side of this fire, you are coming out more precious than gold. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Psalm 42 and for the promise that it is to us that, God, you are molding us. You are shaping us. Yes, at times the difficulties seem too much to bear. Yes, at times, O oh Lord, we wonder if we'll ever make it through. But, God, this we will say. This we will say, I will hope in you. Because you will see us through. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, for those who joined us online, we thank you for being with us tonight and, and for joining us. Be here Sunday morning as we worship once again and Pastor brings the word and in his series of Modern Day Mo uh, Josephs. God bless you all. We'll see you again soon. all stand together please we want to go before the Lord in prayer today tonight before we begin to pray we're just gonna sing a chorus we heard a great word of exhortation and hope we want to give God the praise I will praise him continually David said let's worship him before we cry out it tonight unto the Lord hallelujah